everybody welcome to another baseball america podcast i'm kyle glazer joined today by carlos colazo carlos just wrote our braves top 10 prospects for 2020 we're here to talk to carlos about the brave system previously was the number one system in ba's organization talent rankings two years in a row they have since dropped off but for the right reasons because they graduated a tremendous amount of talent to the major leagues because of that the braves are coming off their second consecutive national league east division title Carlos, when you look at the Braves right now, organizationally top to bottom, not just the farm system, but big picture, from the outside looking in, it seems like they're in a really good place. How do you kind of assess where they are given all the young talent in the majors and the talent still coming up the system in the minors? Yeah, I mean, I think you you laid it out pretty well. I mean, back-to-back National League East titles, uh, that's what you want to see. Obviously, Braves fans would, would like to see a little bit more playoff success, but who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs any given year. But, yeah, I think they're in a very enviable spot uh, from the major league talent, the, the minor league talent that you still have on the way. Now, if you look too far into the distant future, the farm system tables off a little bit. But like you said, uh, the system is trending in the wrong direction for the right reasons. They've graduated a number of really impressive major league players. I mean, look at their young core. I mean, guys like – Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swanson, some of the young pitchers like Mike Soroka, who just had a phenomenal rookie season. And then you've got guys, really the entire top 10 of this system is made up of a lot of talented players in the upper levels of the minors who have a chance to impact this team sooner rather than later. And that's exactly what you want when you're a competing team who's coming off of a couple division titles looking to make the next step in the playoffs. So I think they're in a great spot. Uh, And if you're worried about their farm ranking or organizational ranking trending down, don't be because it's coming uh, with your team improving at the major league level, which is the goal. Right. That's the point. As we've talked about before, the Red Sox and Cubs were both number one farm systems at a certain point earlier in the decade. Mm -hmm. They entered last year 29th and 30th, but they got World Series titles because they graduated that tremendous farm system and made it a really good major league core. It's a lot more fun to be the number one team in baseball rather than the number one team in org rankings, for sure. (laughs) Exactly. And it goes hand in hand. So the Braves have done everything right. And even though they've graduated all that talent, they still have a lot of players in the system that can still help the team in the near future, as you Mm. mentioned. I want to go over some of those players with you. Christian Pache was the number one prospect in the system by your rankings. In your discussions with evaluators, both inside and outside the organization, was that a slam dunk? Was there some debate between him and someone else in the system? How much of a separation was there for Christian Pache with the rest of this farm system? Yeah, I think kind of heading into this before I really started diving into the system, I kind of expected there to be a little bit more debate than there was between him and kind of Drew Waters. But it really seems like with the steps that Pache has taken uh, and kind of his strength development and just getting more physical and having that translate into the power of his game, that combined with like his standout supplemental tools, uh, premium defensive ability at a premium position, I think that kind of made this a fairly easy, easy call at, at number one. I think you could probably make an argument for a Drew Waters, but everyone that I talked to uh, really believed that Pache was kind of ahead just when you look at his outstanding defense in center field, his pure running ability. And again, the biggest thing in maybe upping his ceiling as a prospect uh, are the steps he's taken as a power hitter because it wasn't, I think it was two years ago 
when we were still waiting for Christian Pache to hit his first home run. Uh, and this year, I got some scouts throwing some pretty gaudy numbers on his future power. Uh, now it's tough to kind of assess power in, in the current environment that we're in. So we'll see what happens with the major league ball uh, and, and if he's able to be kind of a plus power hitter, which is something that that I've had thrown on him or if he's more of an above average type. But I think just the, the improvement in that area of his game made this fairly easy. Yeah, you mentioned the power. I went and saw him in the Arizona fall the last year, and I was impressed with just how big and physical he was, his ability mm -hmm. to drive the ball. Saw it this year in spring training as well. The physicality keeps coming. What kind of hitter does he project to be at the end of this? Yeah, I think if you look, if you just look at his tools grades, the hit tool is the biggest question mark for Pache. And obviously, that's the most important tool we're talking about with prospects. So maybe that is a point of concern that you would have. Right now, I've got a 45 hit tool grade on him. I think he has all the physical tools that you want to see uh, to project a solid average or average hitter. He's got great bat speed. He's got good pitch selection. He's got good strikes on understanding. I think it's more of a case of kind of refining his game to project an average or an above average hitter at the next level. He's very pull heavy. Uh, he's really got to figure out how to use the opposite field to make sure he doesn't create any holes kind of in the zone, pitchers attacking him away, getting him to roll over on pitches. Uh, he just needs to kind of refine that approach, use the entire field, let his kind of talent uh, work naturally rather than just trying to, to get around on everything and pull the ball. I think that if he's able to um, maybe spread uh, spread the ball around the field a little bit more, that will be a big help. Again, how much he's able to tap into his power is a question mark. But as, as far as pure hitting ability, I mean, he has the skills there. You just want to see a refined approach. And again, he's very young. He's moved quickly through the system and faced pitchers. Uh, that are that are much more advanced than he is. So maybe that's something that's going to come with time. It's nice that you have all the physical tools that you kind of look for. Um, but right now, I wouldn't expect him to be much more than an average uh, pure hitter at this point until we see some of those improvements, and then maybe you can reassess. His teammate in the outfield at AA and AAA this year was Drew Waters. You mentioned Waters was kind of in the discussion with Pache. Mm -hmm. He's potentially the number one prospect in the system. Waters is currently playing for uh, Team USA at Premier 12, and I got to look at him for a couple of games last week. And it's interesting because on the one hand, he's 20 years old. He got to AAA. He was a batting champion in the Southern League this year. And yet there's still some swing and miss to his game. Scouts have had some questions about his plate coverage, and those were pretty visible even in my looks. Mm -hmm. He's kind of an interesting guy where you can see him becoming a really good hitter, but you can also see those plate coverage issues coming back to haunt him. Yeah, I have a little more confidence in his ability to hit, like pure hit, than, than Pache, just because the adjustments that he's able to make with him at bat, scouts really rave about kind of that ability for him to, to adjust. Um, there are some swing and miss questions, but I think most of those popped up when he got moved up to AAA. Uh, the swing can get a little bit long at times, especially from the left side, which is where he shows uh, more power. Uh, but I do think that, that as he kind of gets acclimated to the level, he's always been a guy that has adjusted and hit well pretty much at every level that he's been at. And I would expect him to make the adjustments necessary uh, at the AAA level and then at, the, at the major league level where he should be pretty soon. I think he's got enough pop to get away with a little bit of swing and miss. And I think he does have a good enough understanding uh, of the strike zone to take competitive at bats. Uh, so I wouldn't be too worried. There are a lot of guys who swing and miss a little bit and are still productive hitters at the majors right now. And he does everything really well. In addition to, to the offensive side of his game, he's a plus runner. Um, there were really, really impressive um, evaluations of his defensive work this year. I mean, if he wasn't in a system with Christian Pache, 
teams would be looking at him as a future center fielder. But as long as Pache is on the same team, I think he'd probably rather just go with that guy who's a potential gold glove winner. I mean, he's a good defender. He runs well. He has a solid arm. He just does everything really well. Um, and while I personally don't think he's got the upside that Christian Pache does, I think he could be a very solid regular for a competitive team. And you really can't ask for a lot more than that. We saw Ronald Acuna Jr. slide over and play the bulk of the season in center field with Ender and Ciarte's injuries. What is the Braves' outfield of the future? Because you mentioned Pache and Waters both have the tools to play center field. Waters is currently playing center field for Team USA. Acuna is there right now. How do you see the future Braves' outfield winding up? I mean, there's nothing wrong with having three center fielders in your outfield. I think you could do a lot worse than that. I mean, realistically, looking at their tools, I think Waters of those three makes the most sense just to put him in left field. Acuna has a bigger natural arm, so he makes more sense to be in right field. And then you've got Pache, who I really think you could compare him to a Victor Robles type. I mean, he was a guy who was really hyped up for his defensive ability in the minors, entered the major leagues, and he led the league in uh, outs above average. So I think he's got that kind of defensive impact ability. So, I mean, you could be looking at one of the better defensive outfields uh, in baseball when all three of these guys are, are up and playing regularly. One of the best defensive outfields, and all of them can do damage at the plate as well. It's a very, very good place to be if you're a Braves fan. You kind of have a group of pitchers following these two. You establish mm-hmm. these two outfielders. We're pretty much tier one of the top ten prospect list. Mm-hmm. Each of these pitchers has pedigree, but we haven't seen, at least the ones that have made the majors, show they really, truly belong yet. Kyle mm-hmm. Wright and Bryce Wilson have both reached the majors. Both have struggled badly in the majors. They've been there both this year and last year. We saw Ian Anderson get up to AAA. He struggled at that level this year, although so did every other pitcher. <laughs> uh, Kyle Muller was at AA this year. Had a really good season. The walk rate was a little higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a lot about if you have four or five good pitching prospects, odds are only one is actually going to make the majors as a starter and as mm-hmm. a successful starter, I should say. What is the level of confidence in each of these pitchers right now? Because each of them at various points have been considered top-of-the-line pitching mm-hmm. prospects. Uh, they all have top 100 pedigree. But again, we all know history tells us not all four will make it. Yeah. What is the confidence level you have in one of these guys or even two of these guys becoming true impact major league starters? Yeah, I think the confidence, I mean, probably just goes in the order that we have them. Ian Anderson is the first pitcher that we have ranked and then Kyle Wright after him at number four in the system. And I think those two uh, for me are probably uh, maybe a sub tier ahead of the rest of the arms that we're talking about here in the top 10. I think I would have them uh, a tier ahead of the Kyle Muller and the Bryce Wilsons of the world. And like you said, with Wright and Wilson, I mean, both these guys are going to graduate from prospect status very quickly in the 2020 season. But, I mean, you have to be most confident in Ian Anderson, right? He, he's a guy who we ha- really haven't seen him struggle at the major league level like some of these other guys, although I don't know if it's fair to knock the guys who have, who have pushed up to the major league level. Um, Anderson's stuff at the top end isn't quite what we've seen in the past, but he really didn't need that stuff to really decimate double-A hitters this year. He had um, some of the most strikeouts in that league at that level. He's got probably the best command of this group of arms that we're talking about. He's got three quality pitches, a plus fastball, uh, above average secondaries. Um, so I think he's a type who, who could turn into like a middle of the rotation type arm. At this point, I would be wary of putting any of these guys with maybe top of the rotation arms, just cut with what we've seen of them. But the Braves have a ton of pitchers who are like that number three type pitcher who on a good day looks like a two, on a bad day looks more like a four maybe. Um, and I think the, both of these guys uh, have that kind of ability and, and potential. I still believe in Kyle Wright at the major league level. I mean, his stuff is just too impressive. 
and his track record, his history is, is too good for me to think that what we've seen of him in his brief major league, uh, major league innings are indicative of what he's actually going to be. I, I wouldn't get too worried based on the small sample that we've seen of him at the major league level. And especially when you consider pitchers take longer, we see that over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So certainly have a good pool of arms to draw from. Shane Langoliers and William Contreras are two catching prospects. Langoliers mm-hmm. was a top 10 draft pick this year. Contreras, uh, the younger brother of Cubs catcher Wilson Contreras. How do you kind of stack these two up? Yeah, the, they have some similarities in the sense that they both have really impressive defensive tools. I mean, as far as how we stack them up, we obviously have Shea Langoliers ahead of William Contreras, uh, seven and eight. They're not separated by a ton, but I do think what, what kind of is the separator here is just the polish that Langoliers has in his game arguably the best defensive catcher in the 2019 class and that's a class that included the number one overall pick in Adley Rutschman who is uh, very impressive defensively. We've got 70 grades uh, on his defense with an easy plus arm. Sophomore I think he threw out something like 70 percent of the base stealers that that tried to swipe against him and then he threw out 41 percent in his pro debut at low class eight Rome. So the defensive tools are all there. It's not just throwing ability. He's a great receiver, really good at blocking and just leading a pitching staff and I think there was some perception that he was just a defender in the draft and didn't have much uh, in the game offensively. But right now we've got average hitting grades and, and solid average, above average power grades on him. Uh, he's a guy who will definitely have to prove it, but he's got a very solid balanced swing, uh, good eye at the plate. He obviously knows the strike zone. Um, and he's, he's gotten Austin Hedgens comparisons before, and I think that's valid. Uh, but he has a much stronger offensive foundation in his game than Austin Hedges. So you just look what Hedges has done. I mean, he's got a very high floor as a catcher who's got outstanding defensive ability, and that's valuable at the major league level. But if he can hit and be an average hitter, I mean, you look at what catchers are doing at the major league level, and he would automatically jump up into maybe like top 10 catchers in the league if he's an average hitter with that kind of defensive ability. Now it's a big if on the hitting. Um, He'll have to prove it, but that's a very solid foundation right there. Um, and then with Contreras, I think you've got a little bit more upside offensively, a little bit more raw power in the tank. He's probably a little bit more athletic behind the dish. He has the defensive tools to be an above average or even plus defender. Uh, it's just a matter of consistency uh, and kind of maturing as a player. Sometimes his focus comes and goes, um, but we're going to need to see probably a little bit more time with him in the minors. I think Langley is a guy who can move a little bit quicker. The back of this list, uh, Braden Shoemake, who was the Braves' other first-round pick this year, and then Tucker Davidson, who's been a fast-rising lefty. Mm-hmm. Were there any other guys in consideration, or were these really numbers 9 and 10, and then there was a steep drop-off? Yeah, I don't think the drop-off is super steep. I think um, if when I kind of look at this list in tiers, I look at the top two outfielders. Then I look at kind of the, the tier A of the pitchers with Anderson and Kyle Wright, and the tier maybe uh, – B with with Cal Muller and Bryce Wilson. After that, I think the Langoliers, Contreras, Braden Shoemake, Tucker Davidson, all those guys fit around with with other guys who are considered for the top ten. That would be Patrick Weigel, Jaciel De La Cruz, maybe even Michael Harris. Um, but those three guys were definitely considered for the top ten. Uh, I'm happy with the guys we put in. I think they're the right players. Um, but it's definitely not some huge drop off. Immediately after, uh, as you get further into the system, there is a drop-off, but I think there are a couple players who have an argument. Yeah, and you mentioned there's not a lot of low-level guys in this top Mm. 10 or really even the top 15, but developed talent counts a lot more than raw talent. Yeah, I think I tend to agree. I mean, you look at the the contracts that some of these young stars at the major level have signed with the Braves. You've got a lot of team control. You don't need to worry about your core 
kind of fading anytime soon. I think by the time that happens, um, those restrictions and in your international signings will be up. Um, I mean, you look at the top 10, you mentioned it. Every single player in the Braves' top 10 is at least gotten to double A, with the exception of Shea Langoliers, uh, who probably could have been there if Contreras wasn't already in double A. I mean, both those guys needed to get regular innings. Um, so you got a lot of guys at the top that are going to move quickly. But again, the team is so good at the major league level right now. It's not like you're dying for that bottom of the system to be producing major league talent. The top of the system is already doing that. I think you can take some shots on some high upside, maybe riskier uh, type prospects in the draft. We saw the Braves do that this year after the 10th round, a little different, um, selection process at the top of the draft and, and some more quick moving college players that you don't typically see from the Braves uh, with some scouting turnover that they had. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's too much of a concern at this point. There are some interesting guys. There's definitely a drop off. But I mean, if you get guys like Bryce Ball, who you're drafting in, <laughs> late on day three, who's one of the best debuts of any player in minor league baseball this year. I mean, those are exciting. And you can dream on some guys who are near the back of this list. Guys like Steven Paolini, who is really kind of an unknown, but is an athletic outfielder out of high school who's got some upside. Uh, there are guys that you can look at and, and get excited about and, and know that at the top of your system, you have some basically guaranteed major league players of some capacity that are going to help your team at the major league level now. And that's what it's all about. Carlos, thank you so much for joining us and breaking down the Brave system for us. It's uh, always a pleasure. We look forward to seeing how many of these young players can continue to come up and make an impact for the Braves and uh, see if they can get another mini dynasty going here into the yeah. 2020s. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast. For Carlos Colazzo, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thanks for listening, everybody. 